Welcome to episode number nine of the Four Animals for Earth podcast. Today I'm talking with Katie in Los Angeles, California. The simple action that we can all take after today's episode is to pause, breathe, and try to find compassion before killing a bug. I know that sounds kind of funny, but these moments when we can see another living being as someone else who's just trying to make it in the world just like us, they cultivate compassion inside of us and they transform that energy inside of us and the energy that we put out into the world. The more of us who do this day by day, the more compassion we'll find in our lives. And the more people who do it, the more compassion we'll cultivate in the world. So for today's show notes, visit fouranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash nine. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. Every single person you look at in the world when you're driving at work or any animal, any ant that you step over or a spider that you save from the shower has been your parent at, in some previous life, either as a human or not, over countless lifetimes. And so this idea that everyone has been your mother um, definitely motivates me to um, see, uh, try to encourage people to see motherhood as the be all of everything. That was Katie Katzenis from Panos Productions Photography. When I first invited Katie on the show, I actually brought her on to talk about gifting experiences. She's a fine art photographer and she takes portraits and paints over them and creates them into a piece of fine art that can be hung on the wall like the regal paintings in old castles. That's what it reminds me of. And I personally am working on trying to give more experiences so that they're not just items that are kind of ending up in the trash um, when I personally give gifts. And so I loved the idea of what she does because not only is the portrait session with her an experience, but you get this keepsake that you can hang on the wall that can honestly last generations into the future. So she has both. Uh, which I thought was really cool. But what happened was when we started to talk about her session and we dug into her current project, which she's working on right now, which is entitled Mother and Child, I learned that her foundation for the project was rooted in her Buddhist beliefs. And I realized that our conversation was better served discussing compassion in the world. Um, how we see it, uh, where we see that it could be lacking, and where we may be able to find more of it in ourselves. So the conversation unfolded more in that direction, and I honestly really enjoyed it, and I think you will too. So let's dive in. Can you tell us a little bit about your past and what brought you to the, your work now in doing this fine art photography? Sure. Most of my life, I was a teacher. Either I taught college philosophy, believe it or not, and later I became a special education teacher 
and LA Unified. I think I did 20 years. Wow. It's hard to believe. (laughs) Um, But I think any teacher who tells you that making it to full retirement is easy or something that you can depend on would be not telling the truth. And I am not afraid to tell you that I am one of those teachers that hit the wall as far as burnout. Mm. So at age 45 or so, after 20 something years, that was it for me. One day I just realized I can't do this. Mm. And so I thought, well, (laughs) what can I do? And I tried a lot of different things, I'll be honest. And photography just sort of happened. It's not I wish I could tell you it was some great rags to riches story or something like that. <laughs> Literally, I got a camera and then I took the class and step by step, little by little, it just sort of evolved. Hmm. And, you know, you say it's not a rags to riches story, but I think... I think that it is. <laughs> I think that, okay. well, you know, maybe not exactly those words, but I think that um, the way a lot of things happen in life is that it really does kind of happen just slowly and gradually. And, you know, you say you got a camera. I mean, that's a big first step, you know, and then as you slowly started learning more, it grew into something. And um, that's something I find in my life, at least, is a lot of times I, um, I imagine like a big outcome or a big destination, but a lot of times it's really about just like the slow progression, you know, of things to to get there. I think I can agree with you on that when you say it in that way. I mean, I think back at my life as, you know, I had these grandiose plans from the time I was just a little kid. I was always going to be a teacher. There was never a question in my mind what kind of teacher changed a little bit, but 25 years, that's what I did. And then you're right, you know, that ended and I didn't really have a plan at all, which was scary. And you're right. If you look at it that way, I got the camera and then, oh, look, here's this class. And oh, look, now I'm inspired by these painters or, oh, now look, there's this other class. (laughs) And um, (laughs) before I knew it, yeah, you know, I was taking more and more pictures sort of in a style that I was liking the direction where it was going. And if I can, I'm I'm sure I'm going to date myself how old I am, but I can remember at one time hearing an interview with Kurt Cobain of Nirvana talking Mm -hmm. about his um, process, I guess, if you will. And I remember being so impressed with how calm he was with just letting his vision or process sort of happen and not worry about it so much. And so I definitely take that cue from Kurt (laughs) with my own vision. Yeah, that's, that is, it makes a lot of sense. And I think there's a lot of inspiration, honestly, you know, I mean, I think Kurt Cobain's somebody who inspired many, many people. Um, But I think there's just a lot of inspiration in the idea of being present and kind of taking things one step at a time when we really have, you know, no idea. And, and I don't know that that was true for you, but it kind of sounds like it. And what you're saying is that there was a little bit of kind of this, I really don't know what I'm doing now. And absolutely there was, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. It was no (laughs) question. It was, 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like one day I, seriously, it was like Friday, I had a job that paid like $90,000 a year. And Monday, I didn't have that job anymore. So yeah, it was definitely like, what now? Mm, mm. And I think that happens to so many of us, maybe all of us, you know, at some point in our lives and that feeling of having no idea what you're going to do now can be so daunting. And um, I think about it a lot, you know, with helping animal welfare or sustainability in the earth and stuff. I mean, it's like the, the idea is just so, so daunting. And being able to be present and say, well, okay, maybe right now I feel like I could buy a camera and let's see where that takes me. And, oh, look, here's this class. Maybe I should do that. You know, just like one step at a time and being present, I really do think can go a long way. I really do. So I, your, your work right now, you're currently pretty deeply focused on the relationship between a mother and her child and the subtle nuances that you can capture in that. And I think that, ironically, that fits a little bit with this idea of what we're talking about, kind of being in the present. And in, in, in your sessions, it really requires you know, being present and um, for both the, the people who are being photographed and for you. Um, so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about this project um, that you're doing and, and maybe how presence plays into that as well. Yeah, I have this idea, to me anyway, that there's nothing better, stronger, more amazing, more sacrificial, more profound than, than being a mom. And that could be for animals too, actually. I mean, it doesn't matter for just us humans, if you will, but moms, it's just amazing what they do, what they go through carrying a child, what they go through raising a child, all of it. So my goal in this project is to try to capture maybe some elements of that relationship that isn't maybe popular or common and so being present is a big part of how I try to get those expressions of love or compassion or even frustration sometimes sessions don't always go so smoothly <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was going to ask you what those um some of those things are that you say don't necessarily go um that smoothly or parts of the mother-child relationship that maybe aren't as, you know, pretty as love <laughs> that you do capture, you know, what are some examples of that? Well, definitely frustration. I think I would say for me as an artist, the most difficult thing is to try to express to my clients or whoever's participating with me, my vision because in our Western world, at least, we're so trained, you know, oh, it's a photograph, so I do X, you know, we have our, we have our picture face, our, the way we pose, the, our expression, how we smile, everything. We even think we have a good side or a bad side of our face or what have you. And so I have to overcome all that with my clients and try to get them to kind of let go of that and just sort of be with their children or child and kids, I don't need to tell you, they don't, you know, they're not always at their best. Sometimes they're fussy or angry or frustrated. And so there's mom trying to, you know, participate in this project and, and, and then the kids sometimes this is not cooperating. So there's that element of frustration that often I think I capture in my pictures. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I picture myself when we get portraits done or get pictures done, and I'm probably 
everything but present, to be honest. You know, I'm thinking like, okay, is the shirt sitting right? Is my leg right? Is my arm back enough? Is my head right? <laughs> like, you know, does my smile look forced? Is it, you know, and then, okay, where's my kids? Where's my other kid? You know, I, I think that um, it's probably a, a tough thing for mothers to to, to kind of go in and be able to do that. But then what comes out of it, if it happens, you know, it's just remarkable. You've really been able to capture some deep emotions in photographs, you know, and I think that's neat. Yeah. Well, thank you, first of all. And I think the way that I help my, the mom or mothers kind of be more present is I don't really usually want them to look at me. I really want them to just interact with their kids. And, you know, kids are amazing. And it, it doesn't take much to get them to force you to be present because that's what kids do. They force you <laughs> to be like right here with them right now. So yeah, I just do things like have them maybe read a book together or just look at each other and just interact however they want to interact. And once that happens, usually most people kind of, I don't want to say calm down because that makes it sounds like they're all stressed out when they get here. And that's not exactly true, but I do feel like I get sort of a more honest image uh, by having them look at each other and not so much at the camera. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. One of the things that you've mentioned to me that you, you know, you've seen kind of come through the lens is a common theme of compassion, uh, that it seems, you know, to some level, every mother has, you know, there's compassion there when it comes to your child, even when maybe we don't recognize it on the surface in, in certain moments, but there is a compassion in there and there is a strength where, um, a strength of sacrifice that a mother kind of gives over, you know, to their child. Um, I, I heard about an hour ago, I thought this was ironic. I heard a quote and I thought it was really, I loved it. And so I wanted to share it because I thought, wow, this kind of hits on this. Um, it's a quote from the Dalai Lama and it's, love and compassion are necessities. They are not luxuries. Without them, humanity cannot survive. You've mentioned to me that a lot of the work that you do to capture this mother-child relationship comes from what you've learned by being a Buddhist. Can you maybe dig into that a little bit and talk about what you mean by that? Sure, absolutely. Um, again, that I think any practitioner of Buddhism is going to always start by saying, I'm not a llama. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, you always want to listen to somebody who's trained or educated in, in Buddhism because it's such a huge, oh, it's unbelievably huge. The um, whole, all of it is just an amazing world of detail and explanation and texts. But in general, on the Buddhist view, I think I'm allowed to say, um, they, Buddhists do believe in reincarnation and one of their main tenets is that every single person you look at in the world, when you're driving at work or any animal, any ant that you step over or a spider that you save from the shower has been your parent at, in some previous life, either as a human or not, over countless lifetimes. And so this idea that everyone has been your mother um, definitely motivates me to um, see, uh, try to encourage people to see motherhood as the be all of everything 
And so, of course, you know, I, it's hard for me to get images of mother and child of insects or other animals. <laughs> so I, you know, I use, you know, humans, obviously, um, and try to capture that as deeply as I can, that relationship of compassion and love that to me is becoming more and more obvious between a mother and her child. Mm. So that's, I guess, my main motivation. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, it's, um, I think that we as humans, you know, I think sometimes with animal species, it's a little easier to see it because I think from what I've seen a lot of time or all of the time, they are more present and they're more, uh, I guess, in their bodies and living their life, you know, through kind of action and presence just commonly on a daily basis. Whereas I think a lot of times with humans, we sometimes get caught up in losing track of that a little bit. And, you know, I think it's easy to lose track of compassion, honestly. I think that uh, sometimes we maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's a matter of being kind of in your mind <laughs> and maybe not in your body, but we, we can miss it. We can miss opportunities to be a little more compassionate of the people around us. And um, yeah. Well, if I think, I think I'm understanding what you're saying and I, I would agree with you and I would go take it a step further even and say that most moms that I experienced don't even understand how compassionate they are. They're almost detached from how compassionate they are, or they don't see themselves as sort of these living examples of like pure compassion. They're, you know, they see themselves in terms of minivans and appointments and exercising and losing the baby weight and, or whatever, understand how much compassion that they are filling the world with every minute. So, um, I would agree with you on what you were saying about that. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's um, something that is just, it's neat about what you do because you're looking through your lens and sometimes capturing that compassion where the mother that's with you, you know, may not see that. Have, as you're photographing many different relationships of mother and child, are you realizing that you're finding more compassion or noticing more compassion in your life? Has that had any sort of impact on you personally? Oh, wow. Well, I, of course I have to say yes, I think, because, um, I mean, really compassion is, I think, well, how can I say this? Earlier you, meant, you quoted the Dalai Lama and one of his more famous quotes even is, my religion is compassion. You know, that's what he'll say. Mm. So compassion, that is Buddhism that compassion and Buddhism, they're almost equal. I mean, identical. They're, it's all about compassion. That's all there is ultimately. So I would hope that in my own life, absolutely, when I'm trying to, you know, pose clients or work with kids, get trying to bring the best out of a relationship that I'm photographing, I think that definitely makes me more sensitive in my own life and that I am more compassionate just with everything, with the guy on the road who's trying to get over with the person at Costco who's maybe being a little bit rude, you know, trying to understand that. Just like me, they, they're trying to get to work. They're trying to get dinner on the table. 
it's not personal. They're just obsessed with themselves right now and this will pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because really there's so much in our lives, at least, you know, being someone living here in America, at least there's, there are so many things going on in the average American life that it is really hard to move past that constant feeling like you need to be somewhere, you need to be doing something, you know, like, and you got to get there quickly. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, I can definitely, um, I definitely, you know, I, I am somebody who is often pondering, you know, how, how can we cultivate more compassion in the world? And a lot of times for me, the lens is looking at animals, you know, it's, I think, as an average American, you, there's, there is compassion for animals that are our pets, you know, maybe our dogs or our cats, the hamsters, you know, something like that. But compassion for, let's say, um, the gopher living outside digging up your yard or compassion for the rat <laughs> that's, you know, gotten into right. your garage. Um, it's, it's really, really hard um, to find that. And I think um, it, it doesn't even cross the mind, honestly, I feel like of most people. And then for me, I kind of live in this world where uh, it's crossing my mind all the time, but I wonder how in a modern civilization do you cultivate that more and more? And listening to you talk, I, I kind of think that maybe just like one simple way of doing it is is trying to open your eyes to noticing it more, you know, noticing it when you see it in like a relationship or um, like you said, at Costco, you know, just yeah. trying to be aware. I think, yeah, I mean, I think, how can I say this? Like, you know, the the things that we feel annoy us, the gopher in our backyard or the rats or the animals that we don't like, or the spiders that people squash because they don't want to get bitten or the bees that whatever it is that they just kill. Um, you know, I, I, it is maybe a difficult concept, but to imagine that that being, whatever it is that's annoying you at this moment is trying to live their life. They're trying to take care of their family, if you will. And, and do what they need to do. And um, they're struggling just like everybody else. It's different. Obviously, they're not trying to make a car payment or, you know, remodel their house, but they're trying to live their life. So even if you can just think of that, even just for a moment, you know, when you find yourself annoyed by some creature, to realize that they're suffering just like everybody else in the world, trying to get what they need. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think just thinking that for even for an instant, you know, just just for a nanosecond, I think can make a big difference in focusing on things that are, I guess, sort of more important and not maybe getting so stressed out over brunches and Instagram posts or whatever it is that we worry about. Mm. I agree. And and I think like the the idea that you shared of it just gets you to pause for a second, you know, like the, the rat situation or the gopher situation, like these are things that are not easily solved at all. But I think the practice of stopping and pausing for a second, I think it just changes uh, your energy and your mindset, you know, when you go into making a decision about what to do. Um, and the more of us that do that, I really do think the, the energy shifts 
in, you know, a community or a society when there is that room to pause um, before decisions are made or actions are taken. I agree. I just, as far as like gophers and rats and rodents, like creatures that we don't want around us, I know it, it is, there are difficult problems to solve. Um, there's no question. But again, I would say is not the first solution we come up with for things. Like, is there a way we could relocate or can we cohabitate in some way? Can we some way work it out? Even if you just try to not kill for an instant, I think that's major progress. Mm, I completely agree. Uh, I know that animals have not yet been a part of your project, but, you know, me, for example, um, animals are kind of my world. So, you know, what, what do you think about photographing, like, say, me with all four of my children, like, two fur, two human, I mean, maybe throw in a husband, <laughs> you know, do you do, do you do, I know that um, a big project you have right now is mother-child photography, but do you also photograph uh you know, other forms of families, you know, love, compassion, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, I do a maternity, baby, child, tween, and family. And I've, I wouldn't say I've had a lot of animals in my studio, but I'm not against it. And um, especially around Christmas time, I do get a lot of people who want their holiday cards and they bring they bring the dog or two dogs sometimes. So absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Like we need to get that going. Before we enter the simple idea part of the segment, I wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for being a listener and thank you for supporting me and this work that I do for four animals for earth. I really appreciate your support. I'd also like to invite you to learn more about the resources that we offer on our website at fouranimalsforearth.com. I've put together a booklet of 50 simple ideas to make a difference that summarizes the various posts that are on our blog right now and other ideas that I think can be worked into daily life without too much stress to make it happen. You can get a copy at bit.ly 50 simple ideas. That's the number 50. So it's bit.ly slash five zero simple ideas. I hope that you'll find something there that speaks to you. Uh, It's not about doing all 50 ideas. It's about finding one or two that seem realistic to you and that you could try, you know, throwing into your everyday life. Now let's go ahead and jump into the one simple idea to make a difference part of our show. I like to wrap up my interviews with one simple idea, and we've talked about a few different things today, but uh, I I wonder if, you know, if some someone's listening and thinking about this whole concept of compassion, you know, what do you think is one simple thing somebody could do today to cultivate more compassion in his or her own life? Okay. Well, I'm, for me, driving is something most people do a lot of. And so every moment you're in the car is just almost an infinite number of possibilities to be compassionate (laughs) because I feel like driving, Driving brings out the worst in us sometimes. So yeah, so just little things like, you know, if somebody's trying to get over, let them get over or 
you know, if somebody's tailgating you or whatever, just try to take a breath and just realize that they're stressed out, they're trying to get to work um, or whatever it is they're doing. And just try to be calm with it in your own mind and not be so angry about it. Mm, yeah. That would yeah. be my little advice. <laughs> yes, I think that's great. I think that's great. And that's something that, you know, well, at least all of us in LA spend plenty of time <laughs> in the car trying to merge in and out of lanes on the freeways. Yeah. So I know everybody around here can get right. some practice with that one. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and if you don't, if you don't drive a lot, then I guess, you know, whatever, I guess to be more, to try to instill more compassion in yourself, is just whenever you find yourself annoyed or irritated, just, if you can just notice, oh, I'm being annoyed, I'm irritated and just try to take a breath or pause for a second. I think that goes a long way to, you know, feeling like it's less about you and more about somebody else. Mm. Yeah. And I think that that energy ripples out, you know, when we, we stop and we take a breath and we notice that other person, uh, at least for me, in, in, I will say that, you know, this is something that, you know, I try to practice, but I am not necessarily all that good at a lot of times, but the times that I catch myself doing it and stopping and like allowing that just like kind, compassionate energy to allow the person to go ahead of me or, or something similar to that. It just changes the whole space. It changes the space for them. It changes the space for me. And, um, you know, I really do think that the more we all do that, the more it changes for every living being on this earth, for sure. If somebody wants to see more of your work or they want to get in touch with you to learn more about, you know, the options for doing this, where would you like them to go? Well, they could go to my website. The, that's probably the best place to start. Um, and do you want me to say it? It's on panosproductions.net. Um, or in, yeah, that's where I would start. Okay. Okay, great. And there's a contact form there and you can fill that out. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, thanks so much for chatting today, Katie. I really, I just love this idea and this theme of um, slowing down, being present, being patient, and therefore in doing that, cultivating more compassion in our lives. I I think there's a lot to be said for that, <laughs> for sure. So thank you so much for being on here and chatting with me about this. Thank you, Brandy. It was a pleasure. And that's all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If so, please consider hitting subscribe, rating or reviewing us, telling a friend, any or all of the above truly make a difference. The more people we can reach, the more people I can find to interview and the bigger impact we can make together. Keep an eye on your feed. We'll be back soon with the next episode. Thanks. Bye.